Welcome to another episode of The Shift with Elena Agar. With years of coaching and mentoring professionals, my mission is simple, to make every moment you spend with me and my guests actionable and empowering. In this episode, I talk with Rami Aisa. He has made many shifts in his life and in his career, and I find it pretty empowering and just inspiring to hear his story because it is a story that is relevant to many of us, is how do you grow in your career? How do you diversify your skill set? What are the courageous things you have to do? How do you manage not listening to your family who maybe means the best means the best for you but at the end of the day you have to choose what's right for you so his story of just his career and life changes and exciting things that are coming his way in the next year or two are, are pretty interesting to listen to and um and just just the 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 resilience and determination he has to to keep going and to have created this career that he has today as a ceo of a of a company in canada and um, it's 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 pretty inspiring. And I think you'll benefit from it if you are on the cusp of entrepreneurship, if you are on a cusp of maybe making a big change in your life. It might be a good lesson for you. Enjoy. Rami, welcome to the Shift Podcast. Hi, Elena. Uh, thanks for having me. And it's a pleasure to be here with you. We have been connected for quite some time through mutual kind of uh, organizations and friends um, that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a small world. And now we're both on the East Coast of North America. Um, uh, and uh, it's, it's really nice to reconnect. Nice to have you here. I've been following your journey, just the, the changes that you've gone through, the shifts that you have uh, kind of managed and looks like managed really well. So I'm excited to dive into your story. So tell me a little bit more about kind of what 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 inspired you to to shift from Middle East to to Canada and uh, what are you up to in Canada? Yeah, the funny part is uh, we both were in, in the Middle East and we both also transferred to, you know, North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I started my career in the field of marketing out of passion and I worked in an agency side and also in a client side. And I've been, you know, uh, working with multiple uh, industries, different categories, different also cities. Uh, and there is a lot of things that I've, have, I've, I've learned, which is diversity. There's a lot of diversity between each and every customer. Currently, I'm, um, I, I moved to Canada three years ago. I, uh, I am the chief operating officer of My Courier Canada. Uh, My Courier is a last mile delivery company that helps businesses. And um, we help also startups on their deliveries. So we mainly have three different sectors, which is parcel delivery, the normal packages delivery like UPS, FedEx, Prolator, these kind of stuff. And box delivery, let's put it this way, the furniture stuff, the bulky stuff. And the last thing that we have in the company is called White Glove, which is delivering the bulk stuff, the bulky stuff, and also doing the installation to it. So these are the three uh, main things that we do. Um, I I have been with the company for almost two years. Um, Honestly, what made me uh, shift my my career from the Middle East to, to Canada is because me and my wife, we decided to, we wanted to have a better opportunity for our children for, uh, you know, so it's like, okay, let's, let's move now. It's the best time to move since we don't have kids now. So we're more light. And then we go there, explore how it is. And it was, uh, it's, uh, it was a great, great journey since I, since I moved here. So that's, that's how, how it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and this, what's interesting is that you know, it's it like you said, it's such a journey because two different cultures, you know, but at the end of the day, like business is business. And yes, there's some cultural aspects to how people do business. But when it comes to innovation and logistic and some of the things that you're involved in, it's pretty much like you you can take that experience anywhere, right? So what has been the biggest, I guess, maybe surprise for you as you shifted from one region to another in terms of business? So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've been actually, uh, I worked in, in, in the Middle East and I worked also in Europe and Spain and I worked, now I'm working in, in North America. 
And to be honest, it's completely different culture, completely different business structure when even founding companies uh, trying to do the infrastructure for the companies. It's completely different things. And one of the most uh, one of the most exciting thing that happened to me when I came here, I found that doing a business in North America, it's very well organized and very structured. And the process of itself if in starting a business, it's way easier than the Middle East. It's way easier. Like it doesn't take you much time to start a company and to hire people and to go all through all the process and the taxes and all of these kind of stuff. It's way easier than the Middle East, but also comes with a lot of competition. So competition here is definitely higher, but the ease of doing business is something that also that I really like here in, in Canada. Mm. So being in, in, in the space, and by the way, can you define for some people who may not be familiar with the last mile delivery? Tell me, like elaborate more about that. So, you know, uh, so, you know, in any logistics company in general, uh, there is a there is a three phases of logistics. First mile, which is basically moving goods uh, from a country to another using maybe airplanes or, or using uh, boats. Mid mile is mainly transferring goods uh, and services and raw materials from the um, uh, ports all the way to the fulfillment center. And the last mile is mainly you deliver from the fulfillment center directly to the customer. So this is the hardest part because you deal with a lot of customers and you know, like the customer is always, um, you need to make sure that the customer is always happy. You know, it's a customer centric business and the last mile delivery, which the one that we are doing in my, last my, in, in my career is the hardest part. So these are the three things uh, when it comes to, uh, to um, last mile delivery companies or, you know, or in general logistics. And, you know, the logistics is mainly what we do is it's the process of moving, you know, the goods and services from the point of origin to the points of consumption. So hmm. that's how it is. Yeah. And people are becoming more and more impatient and everybody wants their package today and an hour no. and an hour. They want no. it now. Yeah. If it's not in front of my door and it's crazy. And they complain and they complain a lot oh, if you do I'm sure. I'm not we, one of them. I, I'm proud of that. I never complain. I, I, I'm i the person who, when I order on Amazon, I'm like, I'll just wait a couple more days. It's not the end of the world. But uh, but but tell me, like, what the, what has been, um, like, I guess, uh, some of the complaints that you hear? So there's a lot of things. Like, I mean, one of the, like, random things that I've heard, of course, there's a lot of customers that they have their point of view, 100%. But there were multiple customers where if the if the package is one feet away from the from the house, one feet away. They just create a big escalation. And then when we look into it and we dig, dig, you know, deep to see what really, what's the problem? Because sometimes I got emails from one of like one, we, we work with Amazon, we work with FedEx, we, we work with a lot of big enterprises. And one of the things that surprises me sometimes, I checked the emails and I was like, I don't see a problem. What is exact, is the, is the package there? Because I see it in the picture. Yes, the customer is complaining about the, the package is, is exactly not in front of the house. It's one feet away. I was like, okay. Oh boy, you know, like it's sometimes customers are uh, irritated, but our job is to deliver smiles and our job is to make sure that the customer is satisfied with our service. So it's always a challenge to make the customers satisfied, but that's what we try to do as much as we can. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I'm smiling because it's probably like when you're in Canada and it's so cold, you're, that one foot probably makes a difference. 100%, 100%. If I can't reach with my hand, that means I have to put on a jacket and like step out or something, you know, 100%. but it's funny. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, there's always somebody will always be offended. Somebody will always have a complaint, no matter how great it is. It's just part of business in every industry. 100%. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Have you seen like a shift over the last couple of years? Because I know logistics have just been a hot mess ever since 
since COVID, right? So like just the, the whole, um, just transportation of goods uh, across uh, different parts of the world. So have, have you seen it in, like kind of improve? Because I remember there was like maybe two years ago, they said there was like X number of billion of dollars of product just sitting in ports because there's no nobody to come and transport like the drivers, which I assume impacts your business as well. 100%. I mean, um, like, you know, innovations, uh, there's a lot of new innovations coming into the industry. And logistics is is like any other industry. You need innovation in, in terms of scalability and in terms of growth. And without it, without the, the, the innovations to solve a lot of problems that we have internally as a companies, um, it's, 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 it's very hard. So I've seen a lot of things that is happening. And one of the key things that we internally had as a company as a pain point is how can we inspect mass vehicles that we have? Because we always have damages and the damages is cost. It's a big cost when you, when you have 200, 300, 400 vehicles daily on the road, active daily uh, vehicles mm -hmm. on the road. It's very hard to identify these damages, like who did these damages, which by which driver uh, it happened and when did it happen? So what we did, uh, and this is something that we uh, in, in not invented, but we developed internally, is we created a platform which the drivers every day before taking their van and before taking their route, they have to inspect their own vehicle in the morning before the shift and after the shift when they finish. So what they do is basically they go, they go in the in the in the, in the application. They have an application and then they check box. Okay, how is the, the the safety of the truck? What's what about the tires? Um, do, does it need? Uh, does the vehicle need an oil change? So they put all the inspection and also they put some pictures to vehicles. So side in the front, in the back. So we are, we're making sure that this is the state of the vehicle. And when he comes back, he do the same thing one more time. Mm -hmm. We make sure that we have a safe vehicle to drive. And also whenever we see any damage, we are able to identify which driver exactly did this damage. So this is actually, uh, we've, we've, we developed it one year ago and it's helping us a lot in optimization of, of the cost because now we're saving up a lot of damages because back in the days people used to do it on a on an inspection sheet you know when you go to the um you know you go to the dealership and then they inspect your vehicles checking boxes on a sheet we found this hmm. was a lot of there was a lot of problems in in this specific uh, area so that's the, the something that we developed and we're very happy with it because it's just making our life easier yeah that sounds like it i mean yeah that's and and it would also like i, I almost you know want to say it probably gives some kind of ownership to the to the driver because it's like well you have to now like you're you're accountable for this like you have you know what i mean like it's uh it keeps them accountable as well i guess that would say right 100 100 um interesting so your role as a ceo and at least what i see on linkedin and and your instagram posts is that there's a lot of uh, team development that happens as part of your role. So um, in terms of like leading on, on team development and and uh, and kind of just continuing educating your team on different areas. So talk to me a little bit more about what have you been doing in that space and um, what some of the wins have been. So, I mean, team development is one of the things that we really focus on because we we feel like without the team, it's, 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 it's very hard. And here in a country like Canada, Everyone is looking for the best opportunity, especially when it comes from the financial part. Financial part is really important in Canada and people are, they might change jobs because there is a better pay or maybe they are, it's it just, you know. It's um, everywhere, Rami. It's everywhere. Uh, Everybody's always looking for a higher pay. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But in, I mean, uh, the, that's, and this is something that I noticed different than the Middle East, especially mm. because people in the Middle East, they might have, 
another offer a little bit higher in pay but they are satisfied and they are they, they like what they do and they are comfort in their comfort zone let's put it this way mm. in canada it's basically people are fine the financial the costs of living here are very high so people are always looking for a better pay and that's mainly one of the key reasons that people are the turnover of the jobs are very high so mm. of course bonuses structure this is something that we really look at when it comes to performance so this is something that we put into consideration but the other part that we also take into consideration is whenever we have a, a team meeting uh, a monthly review or even a weekly review the most important things that we look at instead of the sales and the growth because of course every company needs to look at the sales the growth how are we where are we going all the financials which is let's put it aside that's something definitely we put we look at but the other side is we have three things that we mainly look at, which is, I believe we created them. It's called, uh, what are the things that we are going to stop doing? What are the things that we have to continue doing? And what are the things that we have to start doing? Mm -hmm. So these are the three things that we like, okay, things that we have to stop doing. These are things that we did, but they're not good. Maybe the clients are not happy with, maybe they're, they are creating problems to us. So these part, these, we're going to stop them. No need to continue with them. The other thing is the good things that we did, we want to continue them. Let's focus on them since we did them in the past and we have a great results from them. So let's continue doing. And the last part is things that we never did and we have to explore and experiment it because we need to do experiments all the time and to see, okay, let's try this experiment. If we have results from this experiment, we're going to continue it. If not, we just can stop it. And 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 here and here we go. So these are the three things, honestly, I find them, I, I found them in the past. They are very effective to the team because it makes also the team engaged and aligned with the overall company strategy, which is something that we want them also, we want them to be aligned with the strategy that we have. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's how, that's how we do it here. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I mean, some, some, it's, first of all, it's hard, a talent, talent. Um, I mean, I'm in talent development, as you know, so talent issues are just across board in most countries. Uh, most teams, et cetera, but there is, um, there is something to that engagement, right? Like, so the more you can really get people excited and bought into whatever innovations or experimentations, I think that, that, that does keep people engaged, you know, and that's all you can do really as a, as a company, as a, as a leader is just to do your best to engage people and to keep it interesting for them and so on. And in hopes that they will stay and people will stay for as long as they, as they stay, you know, and, 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 um, and I always tell like leaders, you know, at the end of the day, like you have to do the best for your uh, teams and if people stay great and if they don't stay at least they have they have had amazing experience with you they'll be your ambassadors out there you know and they walk away being better team members better leaders and just you know hopefully better performers so it's um 100 yeah. uh and it's interesting that you said about the middle east i'm curious because i yeah i mean i guess people I, I i haven't really um i don't really remember how it was in the middle east i guess because in my space, I felt like everybody around me was always looking for work <laughs> because I'm in that, I was in that career development space. So maybe everybody I naturally spoke to would always be looking for work. But I can see how some people are just kind of comfortable where they are. And also, I think it's um, in the Middle East, I almost want to say it's more 
there's maybe because everybody's a visitor right over there, basically, like everybody's on a visa. So maybe there's less of a risk appetite versus 100%. in North America when you're kind of it's like, okay, you're a resident, you know, you're going to stay, you can change jobs. One dollar more, one dollar. Just give me one dollar more. I'm going to move. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I wonder if that's what it is. I wonder if it's also like the, the, they just want to avoid uh, the taking the risk of changing in the Middle East because of the nature of the population there right so particularly in, in specific countries you know like dubai yeah here here is here is here it's crazy uh and is is i mean big part of it it's the financial part like 90 mm percent -hmm. of it it's the financial part and the rest is the, the other 10 percent is okay career development i'm in my comfort zone a lot of things but 90 percent is i'm driven just with money give me more money i'm going to be changing jobs so it's it's hard to retain talent here Hmm. Interesting. I, I never realized that about, uh, I mean, it's hard in the US, but it sounds from what you're saying, it sounds a little bit harder in Canada, even. Um, Especially hmm? because there's a lot of immigration also here in Canada. So there's yeah. everyone, everyone is an immigrant. So that's why maybe people want to have a better, like more, um, you know, paying jobs to pay to pay their bills to send money back home, right? You know, to go home, uh, you know, because it's it's a cycle here in Canada. It's it's a, it's always a cycle of three to five years and people are always going back to their home countries after taking the, you know, the passport and these kind of stuff. So maybe that's also another aspect that they want to make more money and leave early. So, yeah. Yeah. To like maximize on the, on the finances, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I guess. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that to consider. Um, I'm curious, how have you grown as an individual over the last couple of years since you moved? Like what has been your biggest challenge about living just in a different culture, different country, everything what has been it's, it's it's very interesting because when i started my career i started mainly in a marketing agency and back then um i thought maybe i was mistaken back then but i thought that the only way to get to to get more exposure is to go through the multinational experience so uh, i was working in an agency it was um, first i was in egypt and then i was reporting to the dubai office it's a, it's a, it was an agency called roi and then i thought okay maybe the next thing for me is to go to the multinationals so i start you know i start talking to a lot of people i start connecting with a lot of people i think networking is 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 is, is great like networking and knowing more people around the area that you're looking at is very important so i started you know uh, targeting multinationals and i got a chance to join japan tobacco international in the um in the brand team and I went there and after going to Japan Tobacco International, I thought, okay, maybe tobacco is not the right industry because everyone has his own thoughts about tobacco. Hmm. Uh, I used to think that, oh, maybe if you stay long for in tobacco, you won't, you won't be able to change. So I was like, okay, let me look for another opportunity. I start LinkedIn, um, applying for a lot of jobs abroad because I wanted to take the, the, yeah, the, the other exp European experience. So I applied in a, in a job in, in, in Spain, Valencia mainly. Hmm. And I joined a startup called Mr. Jeff. It was one of the fastest startups in Europe. Um, so I went there for almost a year as a marketing regional marketing manager for the uh, MENA region. And it was it was honestly, um, I had, I, I we used to think of, okay, like startup is mainly small. They don't have experience. They don't know what they are doing. To be honest, I was in Japan Tobacco International and moving from JTI to Mr. Jeff, which is, was a startup back then. Uh, I had a lot of experiences and I had a lot of fun there. It was very, very, very interesting. Then after, um, I had the dream to go to Nestle, one of my ever dream companies that I wanted to join. So I, I was applying uh, back then to Nestle. 
through also a, a, a connection that I knew uh, in a business in a was I think it was a business gathering something like that. Then I joined um, Nestle and the brand team. I was working in the coffee uh, in the coffee range, and this is how I grew like doing connections, making sure that you're you're equipped enough to be able to take the next steps. I feel mm. that's the most important thing. So get equipped and make sure that you are in the zone. I mean, in the zone is having the right connections, being uh, around people that lifts you up instead of just, you know, hanging out with people that they don't know what they are doing. So that's how it worked for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the, that's, you know, you were just always like courageous enough to like take the next step and the next and to explore and not, and like to move countries and to, to continue to like make these shifts, which I, I think is essential because if you, you're right, like if you just stay in that same thing, same area, same group of people, right? Like oftentimes it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to move, you know? Um, and I want to tell you something that happened to me when I, when I got the, when I had, when I made my mind to move to Canada, I literally quit my job there and I came here with no offers. I didn't know anyone in the country, zero people. Um, and I started actually looking for jobs. Everyone told me, everyone, including my family, they told me that you will never find the job easily. It's going to be hard. Even my my father-in-law, he used to he used to be in he used to live in Canada for a long time. And he told me it's I don't want to I don't want to give you negative feedback, but it's very hard for you as an immigrant to find a job there. And eventually, if you just have the right, uh, you know, the dedication and the right attitude, I think it's everything is doable. I landed to Canada on the spot. I find I found after three weeks, I guess, a job and I, uh, it was a startup. And then from there, I got another job. And then from there, I got the my career job. So I think it's all about your attitude and the way you're approaching things, because if you're approaching things with a negative, uh, you know, with a negative uh, mindset, it's going to get you're going to get negative results but if you approach things with a positive uh, uh mindset you're going to have definitely a positive mm. results and it's going to impact your career so that's that's how it worked for me and that's how i how, how, how i moved yeah uh, yeah you know i'm you know i i I'm, i've also made my own kind of uh several shifts in my life and uh, and i've had similar feedback from people uh, and it's always interesting because it's like what I've come to realize, like it's supposed to be hard. Nobody said that having like you move, like especially when you move somewhere, you're moving towards something like it means that you are um, you are what you call it. You're, you're trying to do something different, something better. Right. So, of course, it's going to be hard if it was easy. Everybody would be just flying back and forth and like doing all these things. So I always find it interesting when people are like, you know, oh, it's going to be hard. Well, yeah, like it's supposed to be hard. Like in most cases, do you know what I'm saying? It's not always going to be easy. It's just, it's just what it is. But to your point, having that mindset and willingness and determination, like that's where it's at. hundred percent. And even, even, even when I got my the job in, in Spain, it was a diff completely different city, completely different region. And the same thing, I didn't know anyone there. I just applied. People think that everything is no, it cannot be possible. I don't think anything cannot be possible. It just have, you need to make sure that you're equipped enough and you start, you know, doing your job and doing your homework to achieve this result. So that's in Spain and even in Canada, this is the same way I approached it. So, yeah. 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 And it's like the, the hard things, I guess it's possible. Like it just takes time, you know, like, yeah, it's going to suck probably for the first six months to a year, but it, it's just, that's what it is. But then it's like, you know, li like the whole expression of uh, like entrepreneurs, like living your life, uh, like other people would not dare to for X number of years and then living your life better than anybody else, basically for the remainder of your life, because you've sacrificed and you work hard for that, for that piece, you know what I mean? For building the future because time goes by anyway, right? 
I feel I feel it's like the 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 business world. It's very similar to the fitness world. Everyone, and I'm sure that I'm 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 following you on Instagram, and I'm sure that you're a very big fan of uh, a big fan of fitness. So, it's everyone knows how to build muscle, lose weight. Uh, it's the, the, it's not a secret formula, but nobody wants to do it. Like they know how to lose weight, they know how to build muscle, but people just like yeah, but I, they never do it. They never. Mm-hmm. They are never committed. They are never dedicated. They never, they are never um, want to do what it takes to be fit or to yeah. build muscle or to lose fat. So it's, I think it's the business or your career development is the same, same thing. Mm-hmm. The recipe is very clear, but nobody wants to go the extra mile or nobody wants to take the risk to, you know, to start something different and something new. So maybe it, it will, it will pick up with him, but everyone wants the comfort zone and eventually the comfort zone will keep you as you will make you stay as you were yeah yeah no you're, you're totally right and it's uh i mean obviously you you follow my content yo but I, i'm like you gotta just do stuff like I, I don't know like to me it's like i'll live for it like i'll live like give me a challenge i'll live for discomfort you know what i mean sign me up because it's served me so well so to me it's like it's just hard for me to understand people that just want to stay in their comfort zone actually this whole podcast is around helping people get out of their comfort zone so <laughs> yeah um what are you most excited for for the next year for yourself uh you know uh, um so i have i have something i'm I'm excited it's a personal thing but i'm gonna share it with you uh my wife she's pregnant so i'm oh, excited i'm very excited about this it's something new uh people always tell me that this is the best thing uh ever so i'm excited um probably the baby will come uh, by the end of this year so i'm just like you know preparing myself mentally uh we're moving houses right now like we're moving from downtown you know like the downtown area the the young area to the family areas outside so that's that's something honestly that i'm excited and in terms of work uh we're trying um three things actually that we're focusing on right now is uh minimizing our costs as a company uh trying to build a team and to develop the team and the third thing is to sustain our growth is not only growth because growth only without sustainable growth we we don't we don't play it this way the most important thing for us is growing the company, but in a sustainable way, because a lot of startups and a lot of companies, they just inflate the bubble and they don't have the right infrastructure to, you know, they can get the leads, they can get the clients, but if you don't have the, the right infrastructure to carry the client and to make sure that the client is satisfied or the client have a great after service, eventually the, the client will leave. So these are the three things that I'm focusing on with the company right now is just building the team, minimizing our costs and optimizing the costs and growing but sustainably nice nice uh, congratulations i'm very excited for you thank you um, uh, and I'm, I'm curious um if you you know looking back um into your journey what what are some things that you wish people would have told you like what is that you know that typical question that people ask like what what advice would you give to your younger self because you've had such a dynamic career and life so far and you're still very young so what do you wish like you would have known earlier that somebody's listening might benefit from to be honest um like i know like in terms of family do you sometimes you have a family pressure like okay you have to you have to go to the this path you have to go especially coming from a countries like the middle east I'm not sure if you know that, but every father, he wants his son to be the same thing. Like my father is a pharmacist. My brother is a pharmacist. So this is a generation transfer, you know. Um, but for me, to be honest, um, I know there's a lot of family pressure in terms of, especially from the Middle East, 
you have to take this job, you have to work in a bank, you have to work in a stable job. Honestly, I know that this is a very prototype thing, but eventually I didn't listen to my families in a lot of things, especially when it comes to traveling um, and moving from a country to another. And now they understood why, why did I move from a country to another and leaving? I know it's hard for them to leave them and stuff like that, but it's always, uh, it's for my future and also for their future as well, because I can bring them here in terms of, you know, I can bring them here as a sponsor, like a sponsor and stuff like that. And they also have a better, you know, health insurance, life insurance, these kind of stuff. So honestly, I know the families, they, they want the best for us. But sometimes you need to think with your mindset because you are another generation. They are thinking with the older generation, which yeah. totally fine. But you have to think with your own, uh, with your generation and with your own mindset. So this is something that I wish that anyone can told me back then. Mm. Yeah, because you know it's it's like you know we we trust and we you know we listen to our parents. And to your point, like it's just recognizing that they are operating from a different state of mind. And also, like, I mean, you, uh, you know, I'm from Russia originally, so the history of uh, Russia is, is it has its own history, which means that the generations are developed in specific ways. And then Egypt has its own history. And so the need for that stability is very much ingrained in our cultures in general, because most of the histories of our countries has been like some kind of things happening. <laughs> so it's like all you so at some point, you just want some stability. And I think that's maybe how they grow up. Versus now, if anything, the last thing people have is is that long-term stability because we're so interconnected and like something happens in one part of the world, we're all impacted here. So it's like, it's almost like you have to stay agile because stability is not a thing. Like it's great to aim 100%. for that, but it's like, you should expect that things are going to be unstable. I always say like, trust your gut feelings. If your gut feelings is telling you something, just follow it. But don't listen to anyone else because people will always tell you either it's family or friends or, you know, relatives. They will always tell you their own opinion, which is might be right and might be wrong. So your gut feelings, if your gut feelings is telling you something, just follow it. Hmm. Um, where do you hang out at? Where can people connect with you, follow your journey of my career and just you? As uh, uh, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram is just like, you know, it's a random stuff. It, it has nothing to do with the business life. So people can, you know, can follow me on LinkedIn mainly. Uh, and for personal things, is I have my Instagram, but is is not as I'm not as active as LinkedIn, of course. Yeah. Nice. And so the last question I have for you is: What is one question you wish people would ask themselves more often? Uh, I think it's: Did I give it my all, or I didn't give it my all? Because as I told you, it's um, people. Everyone knows how to do things. Everyone knows how to grow, but eventually people are lazy and people are uh, like they know the way but they don't want to do it the way it is they just want to take the right the easy way they mm -hmm. think it's okay easy um, let's let's just cut corners there's no cutting corners you have to build it step by step because you know as I told you sustainable growth is very very important and it's more important than just growth because if you grow and if you think like oh I'm growing I'm cutting corners to grow eventually you're going to go back again 2.0 i'm going to start again and you're going to follow the you know the sustainable growth message so i think it's uh, it's it's very important just to make sure that you're giving it your all and don't be don't think that fast is better fast is not better but sustainability and making sure that you're taking the right steps bit by bit is way much better than just like oh let me go do this and don't you know don't chase the hot pot and don't chase mm -hmm. the hot cake 
Oh, beautiful. Very relevant for all of us, whether you're in a business, whether you're in a career journey or just in your personal life, just baby steps and consistency, right? That, that will add 100%. to success. 100%. 100%. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Elena. And, uh, and I'm sure that I'm going to see you in person very soon since we're neighbors. Absolutely. <laughs>